Over the last month or so, we've been looking at this whole theme of love um, and I suppose trying to challenge ourselves to say, what does it look like to, to really love people? We started off by looking at that phrase, love always wins, uh, that how in certain situations where we're not sure what to do uh, or how to treat people or, or how to approach certain situations, if we choose to love, then it's always got uh, the best possibility of, of a good outcome. Um, then we moved on the week after to look at how there's a gulf between welcome and acceptance that um, acknowledging that, that places like churches have, have made huge strides over the last 30 odd years in their ability to welcome so many different groups of people. Um, but actually we realise as we dig a bit deeper that the idea that people are accepted can sometimes still be quite a challenge and I suppose we looked at this idea that if we're going to truly love people then we need to accept them for who they are and then help them on that journey to pursue God and, and bring them closer to him and that let him do the work that's needed to be done in all of our lives um, and that's probably the best approach. So I wanted to pull all of this together uh, this week and I suppose think less about kind of our approach to people but more about how do we begin to live this stuff out in our daily lives. I want to start by rereading a passage that we read a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and it's the famous passage that's read at weddings, uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, I'm going to read it from the message this time and just go from verse 4 through to verse 7. Um, it says here, Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't, um, doesn't want what it doesn't have Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, um, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. And I love that passage because it's a real kind of shaper. Um, because as we read it, it should sharpen us to, to kind of realise what are the things we should be doing? How should we be acting? Uh, what should we be saying? How should we be treating other people? And I suppose it's a picture of what, um, of, of the kind of love that we need to focus on. That when we adopt that approach, it's the kind of thing that shapes everything that we do. One of the problems, though, when we think about that stuff is love can feel like the, op the, the best option is always that we're really submissive. And I suppose a valid question is, does that mean we always have to be submissive? Does love always give in? Well, actually, I think when we're really honest, one of the biggest challenges is, yeah, we've got to love other people, but we, we should never, ever forget the importance of loving ourselves. The greatest commandment is, is said, love God, um, but uh, love your neighbour as you love yourself. It says the as you love yourself bit because that's important. It's essential that we do that. So when I think about people who are trying to live out 1 Corinthians 13 in their lives and in their world, when a relationship that someone is in is destructive or abusive or violent then we have to encourage people to love themselves enough to make the right decision. It doesn't mean it's just about submission that you always give in to the demands of someone else but actually if you've tried to live out what 1 Corinthians 13 describes 
And as a result of doing that, it's leading to you being abused or controlled or harmed, then the loving thing to do is create boundaries. And in a lot of situations, when it's that damaging, the most loving thing to do is to walk away and protect yourself because that is loving yourself. And I think sometimes when we talk about love always winning, it's a case of getting that balance of saying, actually, there are times where I need to do something brave and do something difficult in order to do what is right in this situation. And I suppose what we also realise is that when we choose to love, what should happen is it heightens our awareness of things like the pursuit of justice, the need for justice in particular situations, whether that is relationships that we're in, uh, that we need to actually stop and stand up and make a stand for something, or someone that we're trying to support to encourage them to do what actually is right for them in situations. When we think about this whole idea of, of pursuing justice and standing against injustice, this week has been so harrowing to watch the unfolding of this story with George Floyd. And as a, a black guy is, is kind of manhandled by police um, and essentially dies because of the way they're treating him. Man, that is heartbreaking news. It's heartbreaking uh, reality for someone um, living in America. And you, and you kind of look at it and go, man, this should never, ever happen. Especially um, on the understanding that he's treated that way because of the colour of his skin. It is just beyond um, thinking that, that humans would treat other human beings like that. So as I've watched that unfold and watched so many people stand up against it, that to me is where I feel like we see love beginning to act. That as people go, I'm not going to stay silent on this. And, and what love shows us in this kind of stuff in our daily lives is that sometimes we have to stand up and go, no, this is wrong. And we, we won't stand for that. But one of the issues with justice is that when barbaric things happen like that, it's easy to see what's right and wrong. Well, it's easy for us to see what's right and wrong. Um, but sometimes we can find ourselves in situations that are much more subtle than that. And for me, I, I look at times where maybe people or maybe even myself has been in situations where comments have been made to people, whether it's a casual, what you described as casual racism or a sexist comment or a homophobic comment. That's, that's mentioned, sometimes we, we've probably all sat in situations where someone said something inappropriate and we can try and explain it away and go, oh yeah, it was just, it was just a joke. It was just a bit of, I hate the word, but it's just a bit of banter. Um, maybe people are, are kind of um, explaining stuff away as just, oh, it's just a bit of a chat. It's just a bit of a, just a bit of light-hearted conversation. Man, when we choose to love and we choose to say, actually, I'm going to stand against injustice. What we need to understand is those situations are not casual. There's no such thing as casual racism or casual sexism or casual homophobia. It's just racist, sexist or homophobic. And I think what we've got to understand is, is if we're going to be people who love and make a stand against those kind of things and say, I'm going to pursue justice for people, it's got to impact all things. I remember hearing, uh, chatting with a, a good friend of mine um, 
a couple of years ago is a black guy living in Lincoln, um, which is not um, a place that is particularly ethnically diverse. Um, I had a conversation with him. He'd been here quite a while. We were just chatting about how he found it being here. And to be honest with you, it was one of the most eye-opening conversations I've ever had. And I came out of it feeling really sad. Because basically what he described is that the whole time he'd been in Lincoln, he just constantly felt like he was different. And I said to him, oh, why was it? Was it the way people looked at you, treated you, anything? And he just went, well, it was a little bit of all of those kind of things. He said, but mainly he said it was the kind of comments that were made to me. Um, and he said it was never like direct racist abuse. It was just comments that continually pointed out the fact that he was different because of the colour of his skin. And do you know what? As he said it to me, I kind of, I did that probably ridiculous thing where you're almost trying to explain stuff away. And then suddenly I realised as he was talking, I thought, man, this is real. This is true. And it, it completely impacted me and made me go, I hate the fact that he has felt different in, in communities and in scenarios that I've been sat in. And I even began to remember stuff that was said and throwaway comments that were, that were kind of just in jest or just a bit of light-hearted, a bit of a light-hearted conversation. And as I began to realise that this stuff was real, I sat there and thought, I, I'm begin I can't cope with the fact that he actually felt like he was um, not the same as everyone else. And it made me realise that, that actually this whole idea of this stuff can casually happen has to be eradicated. That when we look at the extremes, there's 100% no doubt we have to stand against it. But that filters down into small, tiny little things that also have to be stamped out as well. And, uh, and I, I kind of, I feel eternally grateful to my friend for being honest and just saying, actually, this is how I felt. And I almost didn't believe it. But as he spoke, I saw the look in his eyes and I thought, I cannot ever let anyone feel like that again for, for the, the colour of their skin or their gender or their, um, their, their sexuality, whatever it might be. Um, their choices in life, their, their, their appearance, whatever it might be. I cannot let someone be victimised or, or made to feel small or different because of those things. And I think the challenge is we need to understand that fighting against injustice is not something we should be able to switch on and off. Like sometimes we can find that we're really ultra aware of it when something severe happens or there's a particular scenario that happens. And sometimes we can find that we're less bothered about it when it's a different scenario and it's a different people group or whatever. Man, injustice is injustice. And, and I say this because I'm, I'm alarmed sometimes at the fact that, that when something major happens, we see so many people uh, jumping on the bandwagon. I've, I've seen people stand fervently against uh, injustice uh, and stand for the oppressed, for the victimised, for, for people who are trapped in poverty, but then sit silent in other scenarios which are less um, clear-cut, but sit and allow people to lord, um, lord kind of power or authority over other people and treat people badly. And I look at that and go, man, where is your pursuit of, of fighting injustice in that 
And to me, it's not a switch. We can't switch it on and off. It's got to be something that if we're going to choose to stand up against something, we need to call it out in all ways and make sure that we are behaving in a way um, that is not um, validating uh, any of that kind of negative behavior. Desmond Tutu says this, puts it brilliantly. If you are neutral in situations of justice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. If an elephant has its foot on the tail of a mouse and you say that you are neutral, the mouse will not appreciate your neutrality. That's the reality. So in a way, when we choose to love, there's a demand on us where we've got to be brave. And we've got to say, well, we don't work like that. We don't stand for that. Uh, and, and actually be, be brave enough to, to, stay, to kind of state that and, and stand um, with the oppressed in those times. And in a, lot of time, in a lot of situations, sometimes it feels like some scenarios are quite clear cut and it's easy to, to make a stand and, and actually that's where love needs to be shown. But actually sometimes in life, choosing to love feels a little more straightforward. Not necessarily easy, but maybe it's a little less daunting. Maybe we don't have to make a stand against something. Maybe it's just making a choice to do something or be something. And I want to talk about two words today. And there's a problem with both of these words from my perspective, because both of them have become buzzwords, especially within the kind of contemporary Christian world. And as a result, because they've become buzzwords and become words that, that are so common, um, for me, they've lost some of the elements of their meaning. Let me, let me explain it a bit differently. I suppose for me... In our kind of Christian society's pursuit to make things highly tweetable or shareable or poetic or profound and to add a bit of weight to what we're saying, sometimes in that pursuit, we've allowed these words to slip off the tongue without much consideration for what they demand. Now, I don't think that was ever the intention. I think the people who began to talk about this stuff probably um, had a completely pure motive of what they're doing, but, but we sometimes hear words just being mentioned in passing or slipping off the top. And I'll explain it as I go through the words. The first word is intentional. It's a word for me that has become, I suppose, used a lot in isolation. So um, people will say stuff like, yeah, I'm just... Uh, when, when I think about loving other people, it's just about being intentional. Or they'll say, um, they'll look at a relationship and say, I want to be more intentional in my relationships. Now, the problem is when we use the word in isolation, like in those two scenarios, it doesn't actually make any sense. Now, stick with me. My question to, to people using it in, in terms like, I just want to be more intentional, is my question to them is, well, what are you intending to do? You have this intention, what, are you, what is your intention for? What are you intending to do? Um, are you intending to love or support or care or encourage or, or criticise or, or correct someone or harm someone? What is it that you're, you in, you're intending to do? What is your intention in this situation? Because what we need to understand is being intentional means doing something on purpose. Okay, that's what it means, doing something on purpose. The word only works if you link it with an action. 
And that's why for me it's become frustrating that people throw this word out there and go, yeah, yeah, it's all about being intentional. Intentional, to, what's your intention, to do what? Now, luckily, we had a brilliant example of this word being correctly used uh, this week. So we've been doing the character course uh, with a few of us uh, from the living room. Uh, and uh, as part of that, we do challenges each week. And, and uh, Victoria, who's uh, doing the character course, um, wrote an absolutely brilliant word of encouragement, a real kind of, uh, a real sense of, she had a real sense that God was speaking to her and she wanted to share something. And in that, she used this word intentional brilliantly on two separate occasions. She talked about the need for us to intentionally love others. Uh, and she talked about how if we're, if we're going to make a difference, we should be intentionally pouring our energy into others' lives. And for me, that's a perfect example of this is what the word is about. It's about having an intention to do something. And she grounded it both times in, in talking about loving other people or pouring our energy into investing into relationships. So she got it. She's using it properly. She's not just using it in isolation saying, yeah, 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 I'm just being intentional at the moment. That's what I'm doing. I'm being intentional. She grounded it. And that's the way the word is meant to be used. And that's when the word has its power and really has its purpose. The second word that I want to talk about is authenticity. And this is another word that I feel like it's lost a bit of its power because it's become such a buzzword that people go, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's just about being authentic. Yeah, yeah, it's all about authenticity. Uh, yeah, that's, that's really important. We're just trying to be really authentic with people. Um, th the problem is sometimes the pursuit of authenticity almost becomes a label that people want to be defined as that oh yeah yeah we're just really uh, we're just really into authenticity um and for me in my experience truly authentic people i think anyone i've come across who i'd say is really uh, like living an authentic life they have never ever had to say or label what they're doing. They've never had to talk about the fact they're pursuing authenticity or that they're being authentic. And, and the problem is when it becomes such a normal word, what you find is people just, just use it without much consideration. But actually, when people are truly living life with authenticity, you just see it in the way that they're doing it. They don't need to tell you anything about it. But for me, both of those words, being intentional, like intentionally doing stuff, doing things on purpose or, or living um, or being authentic in the way that you do your life. Both of those words, when lived out, have a huge impact on our ability to love other people. And I suppose what I want to be able to do this week is reclaim those words, not as buzzwords, but as words that really have depth and meaning. And aren't just ones that we, we throw into a conversation, but actually really kind of go deep down inside of us and, and really push us forward as we go. So I want to put this simply, rather than us getting caught up in buzzwords, let's put it simply. When I think about us as a group of people, how do we want to be known? think about how we ground those words the values of those words what those words are driving us towards and to me it's about being real it's about being honest 
being understanding and compassionate, being caring, being generous, giving people space and time, standing up for justice, being vulnerable, being yourself. These are the kind of things that it means in, in real life to, to be people who choose love. And I feel like as I look at us as a group of people, that's what I want us to pursue. There's probably loads of other stuff we could add into that. But for me, if we can be people who are like that, it seems to encapsulate everything we've talked about to do with those two words. So it looks like you being uniquely you with Jesus shining through you. Or as we've often talked about in the living room, being who Jesus would be if he was you. And the great thing is, I love that, that way of putting it because it makes me realise that we can all do this. It just requires us to decide that we're going to pursue God, uh, we're going to choose to love and we're going to allow God to shape us on that journey uh, as we get to know him more and more. And I suppose the brilliant thing about being connected to each other and, and choosing to align ourselves on, on, a, on a journey together is that we can do just that. We can work on this together, that we're not on our own, that we can, we can pursue this together and we can pursue God together and, and sharpen each other in the process. And I suppose when I think about the subject of love, that is my prayer for all of us, that we, that we choose love we, we choose to, to love people with all of our hearts. We choose to love God. We choose to love ourselves. Um, and we're, we're brave with it. So let's do that. Let's, let's try and do it. I know it's weird in lockdown, but let's try as, we, uh, as, as life begins to, to shift over these next few months. Let's let love be the choice uh, and the thing that we pursue. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that that we can describe you um, as the God of love. And if we're ever confused about how we should approach situations, that love is, is always um, the best option. So God, be with us in our daily lives as we try and work out how do we implement this in the things that we do. And as we think about uh, issues of justice, um, issues of, of welcome and acceptance, uh, of standing with people who might be rejected or, or distant. God, help us to be people who really mirror you uh, and be a great example of who you are to the people that we meet. So just guide us. Amen. So uh, that's it for this morning. I uh, hope you all have a brilliant week and we look forward to being in touch with you again next week. Take care.